What's up, Real Buzzers? Before we start today's show, please go on Facebook and follow us at Real Buzz Takes. Then head to Instagram, follow us at Real Buzz Crew. Then head to Twitter and follow us at Real Buzz Crew. Um, also, please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review. It really does help the podcast out a lot. Also, feel free to send us an email at any time at realbuzztakes at gmail.com. And if you go to anchor.fm backslash realbuzztakes, you can also leave us a voice message, which we will certainly play live in a future episode. All right, let's start the show. Coming up on the pod, we talk a lead singer apologizing for urinating on a fan intentionally. A city in New Zealand is officially taking its uh, wizard off the payroll after two decades. And we also talk about uh, straight men sharing times that they were called gay for doing something, as well as the movie we're reviewing today, Tommy Boy. Yeah, it's fucking rage. If you want a movie review, look no further than these dudes. You got real buzz route on the mic, you got cannabis keen and he's alright. Caitlin is giving all she can give and Calvin doesn't even know where he is. This is Real Buzz Takes with the Real Buzz Crew. Welcome to another edition of Real Buzz Takes. Today we are the Real Buzz 2. I'm Real Buzz Rob. No offense, but if I sent a picture of your mom to some of my buddies at school, she'd definitely be boner of the month. <laughs> and to my left, we have Keenan, a.k.a. Keenan the Cannibal, a.k.a. Cannabis Keenan, a.k.a. Keenan the Barbarian, Keenan Robertson. I was checking the uh, specs on the end line for the rotary girder. I'm retarded. Boinazawa, Romania. Can't, can't say that in this day and age. Well, no, you can say is, Benazawa, but, yeah, but no, not the R uh, word. No, but yeah, that it definitely was, stood out in this movie. Ah, I, I, I think I've seen it so many times. I knew it was coming, so it it didn't stand out to me. And yeah. It, it, and anytime I watch this film, I just go back to the '90s, where I'm like, oh no, that was fine. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. it's not now. It was the Clinton years. Yeah, man. I mean, think about it. Just like Animal House, you know, back then date rape was like, eh, it's fine. Yeah, well, and I, I guess jerking off through a hotel window was, you know, acceptable in the I 90s, too. I didn't even think about that. That's <laughs> yeah. definitely a weird thing to do. Oh, yeah, now. that, that well, yeah, it was probably weird back then, too, but also weird for her to strip down naked and in the middle of a hotel pool courtyard like I, that, but we'll get to it. I don't want to sound Louis C.K. I do think he has a defense here. You're, you're, you're really defending Louis C.K. That's a theme of the podcast these days. I want to go on record saying I, I don't, I, I'm not standing in support. I mean, I'm not supporting him. I'm not not supporting him. I think he's. I think right, he's, you just justify a lot of things you say based on Louis C.K. Well, I mean, you'd say it's okay. <laughs> C.K. says it's okay. Uh, yeah, there you go. No, I, I definitely think he played a power role problem. Like he had power over these women because technically he did ask them if he could jerk off in front of them. If we're being perfectly honest, <laughs> and they said yes. That being said, he did hold power over them, which made it an inappropriate question to even ask, even if they said yes. And he said it best. If a woman, if you ask a woman if you can jerk off in front of them and they say yes, still don't do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand the fascination with doing that anyway, but, you know, no, he, I, I'm not he, in Hollywood, so maybe that's a thing. He, he talks about in his latest special, he's like, you know how crazy it is that you know my thing? We all have our thing, right? Some people like certain things. Everybody knows my thing now, and it's, it's horrifying. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I don't feel bad for you there, but everyone knows his thing. That's true. That's true. Weird thing. It, well, Him and Weinstein, kind of. I Wasn't don't, Weinstein exposing himself a lot? No, he was like raping women. I think he was exposing himself too. 
Yeah, no, I think that was one thing that he yeah, did. Yeah, I don't think. No, I think he also was raping women. Oh well, that's. I not good. don't think he goes in the same boat as Louis C.K. I'm going to put that out there. All right, I think they're different boats. I think they're both bad boats. I think one is a, a worse boat. Well, we're starting off on a hot topic right here. <laughs> All right, uh, Keenan, how's your week? Uh, it's good. It's good Thanksgiving, you know. You know. No, yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, it's been a good week. How about you? And no, any any interesting? Not really. No, been, okay. I was working for a lot of days that's right you there. had to work on thanksgiving i forgot about that uh yeah so now i'm in the middle of well day two of a uh, little vacation so you know yeah, that's great, i don't man. have to go back to work for like till wednesday so i've been rewatching I've been seinfeld a lot out. this week yeah yeah a lot of them yeah uh it's i forgot it's literally one of the best shows ever created it's I, very funny i think it's the funniest show it's what it like so you know how south park kind of ruined family guy for me mm-hmm. when they just kind of pointed out the exact you know Formulas. There's joke formulas oh, yeah. that they have that they just kind of plug in. It, it's all <laughs> in algebra. Yeah, no, it's it. You know, it's like those. You know, when you felt you just choose a random word in a place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so they have ad libs. Ad libs. They're like ad libs. And then I think Seinfeld kind of did that for me for Friends. I'm just like, oh wow. I thought Friends was funny. Then I watched Seinfeld. Seinfeld's way funnier. Oh yeah. Well, Seinfeld. I. I <laughs> the people. None of them really pretend to be good people in Seinfeld. No, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess in their mind, they're all they all kind of feel justified in what they're doing, but they're not good people, really. And they're all very broken people. Yeah, it laid the groundwork for shows like uh, Sunny is probably my favorite comedy of all time now, even more than Seinfeld. But I I do have to go back and you know recognize Seinfeld that Sunny would never exist without Seinfeld. It would so. not, and but it's always and then Curb. I preferred to, but. Well, was Curb is the HBO version exactly, of Seinfeld. Exactly. And uh, I think Sonny took the concept of having four bad people. Oh, yeah. But it just, just made them ten times worse. Oh, yeah. They're terrible people. Yeah, and it it's was much later. I mean, for what this show did in the 90s and what they're talking about, you can tell they want to go certain places because I've also been re-watching it um, a few weeks ago when I was here. You were watching it. It's like, yeah, ah, you know what? I'm going to go home and start watching Seinfeld a little bit, too. And I had watched it up until, like, the fifth season when it was on Hulu. Yeah. So now that it's on Netflix, I just picked up in season five. And there's certain episodes and jokes and things that they're making that it's like, oh, uh, well, nowadays they would just say they're talking about their balls or something. But they, they have to still they can't quite say that on network television in the 90s, you know, but you know what they're talking about. They do a great job of alluding to the exact concept that you're not supposed to talk about on network television. Right. But they still are doing it. They're yeah. getting away with it without without actually. You doing know it. what they're talking about, but they're not saying the shit. Are and you, it's still very funny. Are you the master of your domain? See, I, I haven't got to that. Oh, yet. that's a show about when they all stop jerking off and they see who can last oh, yeah, the longest. Yeah. Okay, yeah. the contest episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. My favorite one. I still think my favorite episode is the anti-dentite episode. I told you about this. Did you watch yeah. the clip I sent you? Well, I started to, but then it was, I don't know. I was watching it on the Apple preview and yeah. the messages, so I couldn't see how long it was going. I was like, I'm just going to wait till I get to the show. I think it was like uh, three minutes, but yeah, because I didn't have any context because someone comes and sits down next to him and she's like, what's going on? I was like, I, I need to see what's going on in the episode. That is true. You know, that is true. Uh, but anyway, it's funny. It's a good it's show. Funny. Yeah, it's a very good show. Uh, I recommend going and rewatching Seinfeld on Netflix, on much Netflix. like this film on Tommy Boy on Netflix. Yeah, we've we've been bad about saying what we watch stuff on this movie's on netflix so i will say this before we get into the news story please it's black friday time you know and the holiday time so i went to a liquor store or actually i was at walmart a few weeks ago and they had a a holiday gift set where it was uh, a bottle of bullet bourbon and two coffee uh like tins for like 25 bucks that's not bad so that's a pretty good deal you know because i want coffee cups 
but I didn't buy it. I was like, fuck it. I don't need. I don't need. But that. do you want coffee mugs that have liquor? Like yeah, branding I mean, on them? I'd eat bullet bourbon. I was like, whatever. I I don't need those. It seems like a nice way if you're going to the office to say I drink while I'm at work. If you're drinking coffee, I wouldn't but... bring those into the office. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah, but even I mean, I drink coffee in our morning meetings now that we're doing Zoom, and it was it would say bullet bourbon. So yeah. I didn't get those, but I did later on. I went and uh, to a high V, and I kind of had regret that I didn't buy that bullet bourbon thing. So I was like, all right, they had a Jim Beam gift set, and it was fourteen ninety nine. That came with a Jim Beam tumbler. Which oh, wow. I need a coffee cup that will fit into my car's like yeah. cup holder. It's a, it's an interesting choice though if it's Jim Beam because people are going to be like they're going right. to at least so think he's drinking and driving. Exactly. So I'm going to try to get a sticker and put it over the Jim Beam logo. I it, feel doesn't like doesn't that defeat the entire purpose of buying the Jim Beam set? No, I mean, well, that's why I'm drinking Jim Beam is what I'm getting at. I got a free coffee cup out of it. Okay, but it is. A, I I mean, the coffee cup does say Jim Beam, so it's right back into the bullet bourbon situation except for now it's worse because it is a like a to-go coffee cup so you had like the opposite of buyer's remorse you had like buyer's um well i went back and i i had buyer's revenge or something i was yeah, like man. i didn't buy the bullet one so fuck it i'm getting this jim beam one you had buyer's fomo yeah but sometimes the gift sets are nice sometimes you get like rocks glasses i've got some yeah those are the those are the gift sets i've got get. some crown royal gift sets i stuff. don't know yeah. about the uh coffee cup ones but I'll let you know once I start using the Jim Beam one. It does seem weird just to have someone who has a coffee mug with alcohol branding on it. That just right. seems, it seems like a strange mix, you know? It's But mostly it's just like a white coffee cup it, that just has one Jim Beam thing. Yeah. So if I get like a Chiefs sticker, it'll just look like a Chiefs coffee cup, it's, you know? It's like when NASCAR, if it gets sponsored by Jim Beam, there's a Jim Beam car. It just doesn't... doesn't yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's not a good look. It seems counterproductive. And yeah. it says, and on the back of the car, it just says, drink responsibly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't drink and drive. While he's driving 200 miles per hour. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. Anyway, so holiday gift set, liquor gift sets, can't go wrong. And now let's get to the news. The news. Lead singer Sophia Eurista of the band Brass Against has apologized after intentionally urinating on a fan's face on stage during a performance at a festival. Eurista singled out a male fan in the crowd with a beer can on his head. She called him up onto the stage while the band was covering the Rage Against the Machine song, Wake Up. I, I, that would wake me up. Yeah, that's, that's one way to wake up. Wake me up before you pee on me. She then told him to lie down on the stage, at which point she pulled down her pants and urinated on his face. The man, seemingly thrilled by the act, then proceeded to stand up and spit the liquid into the audience, which is a really baller move. Triple H style. Yeah, man. That's I would imagine. No, I think it's Stone Cold, isn't it? Well, they both did it. Stone Cold had the beers, but Triple H would dump water on his head and mouth and then... Oh, okay. So yeah. he, he kind of did what LeBron does with the baby powder, but with water in his Pretty mouth? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, cool. He would yeah. spit it up, and then he'd spit it out. Spit it up and spit it <laughs> that's out. Right. All right. Hey, go watch a Triple H entrance video and tell me that's not what he does. God bless professional wrestling. I love uh, it. Amen, man. It's great. Uh, she said, "Quote: I have always pushed the limits in music and stage. That night, I pushed the limits too far." <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably fair. She also said, "Quote: I love my family, the band, and fans more than anything, and I know that some were hurt or offended by what I did." I apologize to them and want them to know I didn't mean to hurt or offend them. I, I don't. Who the fuck cares about this? Uh, yeah, I mean, the guy was into it. He was spitting it into the crowd. Yeah, he probably that's like the best moment of his life. If he's a big brass against fan, is that brass? Brass against. Brass against. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. 
Never heard of Susan Urethra or whatever, but with a last name like that. Sophia Urethra. Okay. Susan Urethra, same thing. Yeah, well, she's definitely peeing on somebody with a name like that, you know? It's just... I was what? Too close to urethra to not be peeing on somebody. It's very funny. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we've become too non-rock and roll. Like, remember back in the day when Ozzy was biting bat, like the heads off of bats? <laughs> yeah. Like, come on now. This is... But could you imagine back in the day if Ozzy would have pulled somebody up on stage and pissed on him? This Okay, this this is a good this is a good <laughs> conversation to have. There would be a double standard here yeah. because if a guy pissed on a girl, I wouldn't like it. It'd be weird. No, yeah. And, and then I would be offended. Yeah, I know? would too. It'd be weird. I mean, look at R. Kelly. He pissed yeah. on girls. Right. I think... No, Not I think on stage. That would give a lot of... Uh, you'd like... PTS, anyone who has suffered. PTSP? Yeah, PTSPP. But, um, <laughs> you know, the R. Kelly thing is still so fresh, too. It would just be like, oh, my God. <laughs> There's some joke to be made about fresh pee and R. Kelly. But anyway, yeah. Rolling I, around, sitting on dubs. Had he pissed on people on stage, would everybody be fine with it? It's interesting. I Well, you know? yes, I think so, because I think the women he was peeing on would be of the appropriate age. I don't think the women he was peeing <laughs> okay, on were. I think that's, that's another fair. element. That's, that's another fair. wrinkle of the story. Yeah. So the underageness, that, no, yeah. no, it's it's awful. It's terrible. Yeah, uh, but, but you know what? Sometimes the only way you can process something that's horrible is to laugh. There you go. I could see Scott Stapp peeing on somebody on stage. Yeah, man. And, uh, well, he'd probably get away with it. Yeah, and I shouldn't put that on Scott Stapp. If he's listening, he's probably like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, what? His shot's fired. He's but, been shit on so much. Yeah. I feel like Scott Stapp probably is like, kind of punching down at this point. Yeah. But, uh, you know, overall, Scott Stapp makes me laugh. I feel like he's a good sport. I love Scott Stapp. Yeah, you know. Let's play ball. It's game D. Yeah. If you don't know that song, go listen to Fly Marlins Fly or whatever. Yeah, he originally wrote a song for the Marlins, the team, and it's really great. Let's play ball. It's game D. We want strikeouts, base hits, double plays. Yeah, go, you, if you don't, you definitely, we've teased it enough. It. Yeah, yeah, you want to go check it out. So not all fans were upset by this gesture, as we've just kind of discussed. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them, a lot of those fans were defending the singer on social media, Stephanie Urethra. Yeah. Uh, saying one fan said, quote, you do you. Artistic expression <laughs> should not have been, should not have to be apologized for. If anyone has a problem, they need to reassess where they are in life and perhaps find something real to be offended by. Again, I think had this been a man peeing on a woman, this user probably wouldn't have the same. Yeah. Take. And, and something that stood out to me there is artistic expression. Um, and just just to play devil's advocate please um it's not like it was a song of theirs that she's that it's even talks about pn or anything they were doing a cover of a rage against the machine song so i guess is her interpretation of that song mean that you should pee on people i just don't it seems like it was just for shock vibe. i don't know if that was artistic expression but i know, don't think it was planned maybe it was i think she was just on the precipice of um she had to pee, probably. Yeah, she had to urinate. Yeah. And she's like, wow, I could really segue this into, like, really good PR for the band, too. No pun with the PR. <laughs> and so she decided to, uh, you know, just urinate. It seemed uh, well, like... And think about when Shakira, remember, there was all the rumors Hold that on. Shakira peed on herself on stage. Do you not remember hearing about this? No, I don't. But this doesn't seem like it's the same thing. No, it was like when I was in high school or something. So I'm talking like 10 years I ago. I was in high school and you were in high school. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying it was like back in the day that there were like pictures where it was like Shakira peed her pants on stage. Like she went behind a... It's a uh, little different than peeing on someone Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. But so... Say that Sophia Urethra had to pee real bad, and in her mind, she's like, I could pull a Shakira 
and pee my pants on stage. But then take it one step further. Then everyone's going to make fun of me and be like, oh, look at me. Her last name's Eurista, Urethra. They're going to think I peed on myself, you know. So she just decided, I'm going to piss on this man instead. Yeah, it's an interesting... Um, Hashtag time's up. It's an interesting choice. It's definitely a choice. Yeah. And an interesting one. Try and put my myself in her frame of mind. But again, I think where I find it to be innocuous is when the fan gets up and like seems to be enthralled by the entire situation and spits it all over the crowd. Yeah. That's where I'm like, oh, this was fine. Yeah. What if you're in the crowd and you get hit with the pee, though? And you're you're not even into that band. You're just there. Your buddy tagged you along, and dude, no. If you're in the if you're in peeing, if you're in a rock show and you're in the pit, on you. you you signed up for this shit. Yeah, you're probably getting peed on anyway. I've been in the pit and and for a rock concert many a time. I've had some things happen to me that I will never speak about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, let's don't not ever speak do, about them. Don't ever take if someone's smoking something, they pass it to you. Don't know them. Do not take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. That's probably good advice anywhere in life. Anywhere, right? Not just in a pit. If you're doing drugs, you can go to Costco and you can test them to make sure they don't have uh, Corona. No, virus. no, no. The the horrible the thing that's killing people right now. Fentanyl. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I did drugs in the pit. Moving on. Moving on to <laughs> a New Zealand city is taking its official wizard off the payroll after more than two decades. It's a cry and shame. It is. This is a real story. Ian Brackenbury Chanel is known as the wizard of New Zealand. Apparently, even on official documents like his passport, like it's on, that's like his designation. He is the official wizard of New Zealand. He's been on the Christchurch City Council's payroll since 1998, receiving an annual salary of $16,000 New Zealand, which is about 11000 USD. So it's an, ex- it's an extra 11 k a year. Yeah, to be a wizard. That's not shit money. That's I'd love to have an, an extra oh, yeah. 10 k Go fuck around with a wand and so shit. He's paid to, quote, provide acts of wizardry and other wizard-like services as part of the promotional work for the city of Christchurch. All right. Which is great. Uh, The city of Christchurch has apparently decided to part ways with the wizard after some disparaging comments he made about physical abuse against women back in April. Whoa. Whoa. Essentially, he made these comments on the New Zealand version of Good Morning America. I kept thinking that this was going to be he wasn't, you know, doing enough magic or something, but uh, that took a that took a turn. No, I guess. Or, yeah, maybe he wasn't providing um, a good enough acts of wizardry and other wizard like services. That's what I was thinking. No, I thought maybe he was just doing a bad job. Yeah. Or they realized, oh, this guy actually isn't a wizard. He's just fucking a guy. Or he stopped saying, you shall be fucking a guy. not right? pass. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It'd be uh, fine. I yeah. had to do it. Uh, so he was apparently on this show called New Zealand Today. And again, I feel bad. I don't have a context of what the question he was asked was, but I only have his response. It's still pretty bad. Okay. His response was, quote, I love women. I forgive them all the time. I've never struck one yet. (laughs) Whoa. whoa. Never strike a woman because they bruise too easily. Uh, That's the first thing. And they'll tell the neighbors and their friends, and then you'll be in really big trouble. Oh, no. So that's an interesting take. That's on. not good. So, no, like I mean, he I, threw that yet in there. He did say yet. That's a bad yet. So I like the fact that he's uh, he's definitely hit a woman. By the way, oh I, yeah, I don't believe him. Absolutely. Uh, he, the fact he's like they just bruise too easily. It's like first of all, women and men don't bruise. There's no difference in how easily they bruise. Yeah, I don't. I that's don't not think a thing. That, I don't know that the science supports that. But basically, he's like, you should never hit women for two reasons: one, they bruise too easily, and two, they're fucking loudmouths and they'll tell the neighbors. Yeah, that's and that's. <laughs> I mean, I. I guess I don't agree with the yet, but I do agree with you should never hit a woman. Of course, his logic and his reasoning for it. Not the not the right ideas. So here's my question for that. 
if if that logic prevents him from never hitting a woman, are we okay with it? I mean, I think as long as he never hits a woman, that's the number one thing. Yeah, it's, don't do it. It's like uh, those memes you see and stuff with math, where it's like, oh, they took the wrong that like the show your work was completely wrong, but yeah, they yeah. still got the right solution. Yeah, then just you know? yeah, don't ask questions. Yeah, they got the answer. The answer's right. Just take yes for an answer. Yeah. But I, yeah, I guess probably time to get him off of uh, the Wizard Council. Yeah, so that, that's when the city of Christchurch said, hey, you know what? It's been 20 years. Let's say we find a new wizard. Yeah. Yeah. One that, uh, you know, is okay with muggles. Yeah. Or what? Well, that's Harry Potter. Yeah, no, it's that's just non That's a non magic people. Yeah, I know. But, you know, women don't look too far into it. Okay. You know, it sounds like that guy supports Lord Voldemort or he who shall not be named. I. Oh, hold on here. Are you saying Lord Voldemort would hit a woman? Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm on board with that. I would say, I mean, he kills women. Well, you just, Non-magic just, women. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. Just Harry Potter's mom. Look at Charity Burbage. Uh, he kills her too. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't read the books. <laughs> I, did, I, I don't understand the reference. Somebody out there knows exactly what I'm talking about. All right, let me get this going here. Nagini Dinah. Uh, Lingario Leviosa. Yeah. Lego's adventure set. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea. <laughs> All right. Moving on to... This is an interesting BuzzFeed article that I want to go over with you because okay. I think it'll be fun. Straight men are sharing times they've been called gay for doing basic things. Okay. So this is straight men are doing these things and they're being called gay for it. I want to you know, run them by you and see how if you think that's the case. Okay. And I'll give you know my two cents as well. Okay. <clears throat> This one is wild. <laughs> so wild. So a straight man said he changed his daughter's diaper, mentioned it in the office one day to his friend, and was called gay. What on fucking God's what? Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. That's weird. You're taking care of your daughter is... First of all, we need to, we need to put this out right now. There's... Being gay, there's nothing wrong with being gay. Like, to, right. the, the fact that he's saying being like gay, like it's a bad thing, that's ridiculous in itself. But you know what? I'm sure there are tons of gay dudes who do change their daughter's diapers. So anyway, all right. That one's just wild. Uh, number two, I, I assume you agree? Yes. Okay, yes. cool. I just wanted to, didn't want to speak for you. Yes. Uh, number two, a person said, I sang a Lily Allen song during karaoke. Who's Lily Allen? I don't know who that is. Okay, well, we'll just go ahead and say that maybe it's gay. I don't know. <laughs> uh, my best friend's a vegetarian. He eats cheese and eggs still. Anyway, everyone asks if he's gay when they learn this. So being a vegetarian, I guess, is considered a gay tendency. No, I don't think so. I know lots of vegetarians that are straight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Most of them are women. I'm kidding. Um, buying a white iPhone, considered gay. I don't understand that one. I've, You know, I will say uh, I've never... I've always when given the option, never even considered white, but you know, I think I've had white iPhones. Have you? Okay. Yeah, well, you're, you're straight as fuck. Yeah. I got a blue one now. Oh, well, I mean, that's gay. I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Oh, here we go. Playing the trombone in middle school meant a lot of people tell me that I must love playing with boners. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's someone trolling. That's hilarious. Uh, using a straw. Some guy said someone called him gay for using a straw. I don't know. It's like a little penis. I think that's stupid. Nah, it's kind of gay. I I drink out of straws. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I think it's stupid when you have to get a 
fucking paper straw. Yeah, no, that's that that, yeah. That, well, I mean, yeah, but you know, wait, wait, I guess uh, I'm anti turtles. I'm not yeah, really, on, but man, you know, it, it, it's very inconvenient. I agree. I don't like the paper straw, which is why I just say get rid of straws altogether. Yeah, yeah. I like straws, but no, fuck them. Yeah. Uh, for knowing how to sew and cook, cook no sew little gay. Sure, I don't know. When I was a kid, my dad called me a sissy because I cut a sandwich diagonally. I think we can all agree that's gay. Cutting a sandwich diagonally. I don't know about that. Of I don't course it's not. That. I'm fucking with you. Jesus Christ. Moving on to... I have, a, I have some TikToks. TikTok toilet time. All right. All right, we're going to go some TikToks. Hold on here. Okay. I like this first one. This one's good. It covers a really popular song. And it has a really nice message, and I think people could appreciate this TikTok for what it is. Yeah, 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 you're messing with some worship and prayer. Bring a guitar and an amp for this worship and prayer. Get your favorite journal out for this worship and prayer. And Amen. never stop praising God with some worship and prayer. Get a guitar and an amp for some worship and prayer. I'm talking holy, 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 that's some worship and prayer. We'll have a potluck after worship and prayer. Huh. That's awesome. Because, Keenan, I don't know if you know, the song's called Wet Ass Pussy. So what? So instead of Wet Ass Pussy, he's doing worship and prayer. I like that. That's a different WAP. Yeah, man. That's a really great different WAP. kind of take on the song. Yeah. That's 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 the family-friendly kind of WAP. Yeah, it is. Well, and it's the, the Christ-approved version anyway. Yeah, I think Christ would approve of that that WAP. I want to read that Bible until it touched the thing in the back of my throat. <laughs> My uvula. Don't even talk to me about that, dude. I had problems with that a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah? Uh, this is a good one, too. So I'm going to set the stage for this. There's uh, there's a man with a megaphone in a library, and he has a message to the people sitting in their reading books. Okay. Fuck books. Oh, no. Books are for pussies. No, 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 no. Go hit the gym. <laughs> that's pretty funny fuck books books are for pussies go hit the gym i think that's funny that's hilarious yeah i i definitely don't agree with him but it's very funny i could just picture me in college like if i was in the third floor which was the serious floor yeah that's the don't fucking talk floor everyone is just fucking out of their mind on adderall trying to fucking figure out life and tests someone came up and did that i probably would have lost my shit the best part but if I'm on the second floor, I would have been like, yeah, I appreciate that. The, the best part in that is the librarian, Brian, going, no, 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 go, go, get it. Fuck books. Fuck books. <laughs> books are for pussies. That's funny. He's, he, I mean, he's not wrong. Books are for pussies. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with the message. No, if you are if you read, you're a total pussy. I don't even know how. I, don't, I can't even read. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's overrated. All right, moving on to the movie we are reviewing today, Tommy Boy. Release date was March 31st, 1995. Director was Peter Seagal. Before this, Peter directed a little ditty called The Naked Gun 33 and a Third. Oh, shit. No joke. Yeah, man. I noticed uh, that that was on the TV in one of the hotels that they were in. You Okay, interesting. You did notice that. I, I caught that. Yes. I was like, oh, Naked Gun 33 and a Third. Homage to the director. Yeah, I didn't realize that the director directed that, but okay. I did catch that it was on the TV. So now that's even cooler. After this, he directed My Fellow Americans, The Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps, Anger Management, The Longest Yard, 51st Dates, and Get Smart. Okay. All of those movies, I I, I mean, they're not the best, but they're not the worst. Nope. Anger Management, I liked. 51st Dates, I liked. Those are all financially successful comedies. I saw Get Smart in theaters, 
and uh, remember not hating it. Had no interest. It seemed very forgettable. It it is forgettable, but yeah. I remember expecting it to be real bad, and I remember actually laughing. And I I think I have a thing for Anne Hathaway too. A lot of people don't like her, dude. I love her. I'm oddly very attracted to her. I watched um, Brokeback Mountain just because I knew that her boobies were shown in it. I see. I didn't know that, but now I'm gonna watch it. I didn't. That's the thing. Like I never saw the movie. I you know wasn't like I'd say like I hated. I just didn't have any interest. Someone's like, hey, you know, Brokeback Mountain. Anne Hathaway shows her boobs. I mean, that movie came out what 15 years ago. Oh yeah. So I, I was 16, whatever. I was like, hell you. yeah, dude, I'm gonna do. I, and you know, I watched the whole movie. Pretty good movie. There you go. Pretty good movie. There you go. It's a love story. Yeah. Rest in peace to Heath. Yeah, uh, yeah. Heath was great. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Cats. Cast away. Chris Farley as Tommy Callahan. Also rest in peace. Yes. Rest in peace. David Spade is Richard. No last name. You never get Richard's last name. Dick. <laughs> Asshole. I, I, I also never noticed that he was the kid at the beginning of the movie. You never put that together? No. I don't know how. Late again, Tommy? You're pathetic. Yeah, I don't know how I never put that together. But right when he said Richard, I was like, oh, shit. How did I never put that together? Yeah, it's Richard. That's, yeah. that's goes, they've known each other since childhood. Exactly. Honorable mention to Dan Aykroyd is Ray Zelinsky. <laughs> yeah. Bo Derek is Beverly Barish. Rob Lowe is Paul Barish. And Brian Dennehy is Big Tom Callahan. No, not fucking Brian Dennehy. <laughs> I'm Brian Dennehy. <laughs> what would Brian Boitano do? Well, not fucking Brian Dennehy. Brian Boitano. Oh, man. Every time I see Brian Dennehy, I just crack up and I think of that song. It's funny when South I first Park. when I first saw that movie, I had no idea who Brian Dennehy was. I didn't was. either. You know, yeah. then you watch Rambo and you're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah. No, not fucking Brian Dennehy. And then picturing the South Park version of him it looks yeah, nothing like him. No, I think it's perfect. I don't think it looks anything like him. I think it's great. Maybe I'm glorifying that. I need to watch that movie again. No, not fucking Brian Dennehy. Maybe I'll watch Bigger, Longer, and Uncut on my vacation. Maybe we should do that one too. We should do that one. It'd just be so many quotes. We'd sing it the whole time. Uh, this is going to be a lot of quotes. Oh, I, I, I no, don't worry. I have it. Arranged. It'll okay. be fine. All right. Um, Chris Farley. Before this, known for Wayne's World 1 and 2, Airheads, Billy Madison, obviously SNL. After this, known for Black Sheep, Beverly Hills Ninja, Almost Heroes, and Dirty Work. Which, if you haven't seen Dirty Work. I don't think I have. Oh, it's great. It's, um, damn it. I Losing names today. Just passed away. Norm McDonald. Norm McDonald movie. Yeah. Very funny. And Chris Farley's character is really, he's a, he's a really small role, but it's really funny. And the joke that, like the main joke that his character has plays out till the end. It's really good. He, he uh, even though he's great in movies like this and Black Sheep, and I even liked Beverly Hills Ninja. Like, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I, but I, I rewatched it probably a couple of years ago. It's really bad. Okay. Well, I remember seeing it when it came out. Like when I was a kid and thinking it was funny as shit. So in my mind, that's still very funny. But I do want to shout out Chris Farley and his minor roles, like in Billy Madison. I mean, that's probably my favorite character of his as the school bus driver. Watch Dirty Work. It'll be your new one. Okay. But as shout out to him as the school driver and that whole, you know, me and Veronica Vaughn. No yelling on the bus. She's one hot piece of ass. That Veronica Vaughn yeah. is one piece of ace. Yeah. So good. I know from experience. No, you don't. Well, yeah, but a, a buddy of mine and her, they got it on. No, they didn't. No, no, they didn't. But you can imagine. But you can imagine. And that's so good. <laughs> it's so good. All right, David Spades. David's, David's, David's Spade. Before this, known for Coneheads, PCU, Reality Bites, and SNL. After this, known for Black Sheep, Lost and Found, The Emperor's New Groove, Joe Dirt, 
Just Shoot Me, a lot of seasons of that show. The I remember watching that when it was on. The Bench Warmers, all of the grown-ups. I don't know how many there are now. He's boys with Adam Sandler. Yeah, he is. Joe Dirt <laughs> 2, didn't see it. I did. I, I didn't want to ruin the first one. I saw it when I was in Colorado, so take it with a grain of salt, but I laughed my ass off. Okay. <laughs> but it probably wasn't that good. We're, I was really high. Okay, just oh, checking. Yeah, just was going to ask. Okay. The Ridiculous Six, The Do-Over, which is my favorite Spade movie. See, I haven't seen the do-over. Oh, it's great, dude. You have to watch it. It's on Netflix, Netflix. Right? Adam Sandler. It's it's my f- it's the best Adam Sandler Spade movie. Yet. It's so good. Okay. It's very funny. And then like 18 Hotel Transylvania movies. I don't know. Oh, he's in those? Yeah, I don't All know. Right. I guess. I, right. I don't know. I follow him on uh on Instagram. He's pretty funny. He's very funny. Oh, yeah. no, I think David Spade's hilarious. Yeah, very funny guy. I read his uh, memoir. Oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Very interesting, very funny. Um, I mean, Joe Dirt, classic character. That's well, okay. That's my favorite Spade movie. Yeah, Joe Dirt. I, mine too. Absolutely, it's the best. And he's and I think, like, shout out to him because he did play kind of like the straight man and then kind of douchey character, like PCU. He's like the snot sniveling little guy trying to screw him over, and he's kind of the douchey guy in this. He's redeemed by the end of the movie in this for sure. Early but, in his career, he played unlikable characters, right? Yeah, so I'm glad that he was able to transition to... But eventually to Joe Dirt, which is the ultimate yeah. lovable character. Yeah. You and love Joe Dirt. Dickie Roberts, I saw that in theaters so back I didn't, in the day. I, but... I, I, I didn't put that in there on purpose because yeah. it's so bad. Well, all I remember from that movie is the phrase, it's knuck and futz. And yeah. I remember thinking that was funny as shit. But... Dude, over the pandemic, I watched it because I'm like, maybe it's not as bad as I remember. I don't know how this movie got greenlit. <laughs> the concept itself is so horrendous. It's I saw it in theaters awful. when I was probably like 12, and I've never seen it since. But that's another one in my mind that I'm like, oh, that movie's funny. It's David Spade moves into a, a weird random family's house and gets close to the kids. It's so weird, dude. It makes <laughs> Because he wants to become a star again. It's so stupid. Oh, it's man. so bad. Well, David Spade, there you go. It's da- David, love you. That's your worst film, and it's not close. All right. Oh, net worth to chains. Chris Farley, at the time of his uh, correct, uh, ten million dollars. Close five, five million. All right. All right. Back in '95, that was five million. Was you know, I almost said seven? That's like fifteen million today. Yeah, good for him. Uh, David Spade. Uh fifteen, seventy, seventy. Good I mean, for him. Think about those residuals from the "Just Shoot Me." Like once they get that, yeah, but that's the syndication that like I feel like I never see that on TV anywhere. Oh, I, I remember th- actually watching it and think it was funny that Nia chick was hot in it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, she had great eyebrows and it, oh, like yeah. a, a per like it was it was that sexy like uh, sultry female voice. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, she was George great. Seagal or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy yeah. he was very funny. That show guy. was like on around the Seinfeld and Friends time, and yeah. I think it it might have been in between those two shows on Thursday. It night. was. Yeah. So I I saw a bunch of episodes just because of that. It's definitely I've seen it syndicated on like WGN a ton. Oh, okay. I don't have WGN anymore, so I don't. Well, I mean, I, no one does. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think so, it's yeah. even a thing anymore. Uh, WGN America was. Anyway. No, we, you, and then it was WB, and now it's, I don't know what they call it now. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, David Spade, $70 million. Um, Good for David. No, I, I think that's I think that's a good evaluation of him and yeah. his ability and his talent and what he's done. I think that's good. Yeah. David's a very, impre- very impressive comic, done some really good movies, still a good stand-up. He makes me laugh. Yeah, very funny. Oh, and Joe Dirt, too. I, he's got to be making a lot of money from that. Yeah, I, and something tells me they didn't make the sequel to be like, you're not going to be paid a lot. Like, I don't. Right. I think he came back to that because, like, here's a big payday. I do think it went straight to, like, Crackle or Crackle. Whatever. It was. Yeah. It was a Crackle film. Yeah. So this is when Crackle was trying to take off as a streaming platform, and Joe Dirt 
uh, Lovable Loser, whatever it was called, was one of the flagship films that was supposed to make you buy a Crackle membership. Yeah, I, that didn't work. Yeah, it did. <laughs> just let's just say this: Crackle no longer a streaming service. Yeah, yeah, you gotta they gotta be on Crackle if you thought that would work. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's a crack joke for you guys. All right, specs and eats. Yes, indeed. Runtime: one hour thirty-seven minutes. Very quick. Very, Very well, and it's we've done movies that are an hour and thirty-seven minutes that feel like two hours. This one almost feels like it's eighty-five minutes, just because, and it's a nostalgic trip. There's so many lines that I forgot were from this movie because I probably haven't seen it in 10 years. It's fun for the whole family. I, and it was fun. I'm glad I hadn't seen it in 10 years because it is... I had forgot enough that I was like, even when Rob Lowe showed up, I was like, oh yeah, he's the fucking, like it'd been that long since I've seen this movie. It's 97 minutes of pure delight. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Budget, 20 million. Opened at 8 million. Gross 32. Those margins aren't fantastic. I, I'm not sure why they greenlit another, um, you know, Spade and Farley film for Black Sheep immediately afterward. I, I guess mean, they made $12 million, you know, I, happy about that. I don't, know. I don't know. Maybe back in 95, is that a good margin? I don't know, man. Maybe they thought that the sequel would be, I don't know. This is definitely a movie that might have been uh, helped out by uh, home video. Definitely. You no, know, I, well, I guarantee you it's grossed based off home video rentals and everything else. Hundreds of millions of What dollars. year did Black Sheep come out? I want to say 97. 97. So I guess, yeah. 95, 97. About two-year difference. Wouldn't have been enough time for this to get the cult following, I guess, for them to be like, all well, right, no. we got to do the Rentals, do it could have, actually. Guess, yeah, that's true. So I don't know. So yeah, so I think the $32 million grows just from, you know, the box office. It doesn't really tell the whole story of how successful this film really was. Yeah. And Chris Farley, I mean, he just was huge in the yeah. mid-90s. I mean, and this is... He didn't do a ton of movies, but this is easily his best one. Yeah, I agree. It's not close. All right. Uh, plot keywords. Plot G words. Number one. This is this. We didn't get to release the last episode because of audio problems, but road movie. Road movie. Another yep. road movie. Yeah. Uh, number two is buddy movie. Yep. Number three, con artists. Oh, uh, yeah. Number four, reference to Buddy Hackett. Very funny. <laughs> yeah. And buddy then, whack it. Buddy whack it. <laughs> And then number five, character name in the title. This is also belongs in the movie, uh, the club or the. Uh, um, yeah, where they reference the title of the movie. They say the title of the movie in the actual script. And they do it several times in this movie. Yeah, but Brian Denny, he's the one that does it like. Yeah. Really the one that stands out. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, old Tommy boy. <laughs> wow. That was I can't tell you how terrible of an impression that was. <laughs> yeah, of that was good. No. You, what are you sitting oh, on? Was spot on. You sounded like a fucking old guy. Like, hey, Tommy boy. What, where's your corncob pipe and just like rocking chair? Go check out your stepmother's cans. Granddad. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was terrible. Hey, Tommy boy. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to go Bo Derek, if you know what I mean. Dad, <laughs> she's like a 10. I mean, that was Keanu Reeves. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Power Mizzou people are going to have a field day with oh this one. Oh, my God. This is not an impression <laughs> podcast. Hey, I'm walking here. Dad, she's like a 10. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, taglines. <laughs> if at first you don't succeed, lower your standards. Okay. It's good. I like that. I like that. That was the only one. Only one tagline. That's the only one. That's huh? the only one. I like it. All right. Do we have an IMDb synopsis? Oh, yeah. We got a few to choose from. <laughs> 
This time we're going to go with Justin Rhodes. Mr. Callahan, I need your John Hancock on these reports. John Hancock. It's Herbie Hancock. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> uh, from Justin Rhodes. And if you want to send him an email, uh, joystick is his handle. At a email service that I've never heard of before. I won't say that, but. Okay. I'll tell you. Joystick at Juno.com. Have you ever heard of Juno? No. But it's not spelled like Juno, Alaska. Oh, like J E W N O? No, no. It's like an anti Semitic thing? I think Juno, Alaska is J E A N E U or something. It's no, something it's stupid. it's J U N O. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't think that's true. It is. Are you sure? No, but I'm like 87% sure. Juno. Anyway, <laughs> we're just going to move on. Leave that for the lawyers and the. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Callahan Jr. is a dumb kind of guy. Oh, hold on, hold on. That's good start. Not wrong. Let me take this again. I'm taking it all again. All right. All right. Again. All right. Yes. I have one from Justin Rhodes. Joystick at Juno.com. If you want to send him the mail. Thomas Callahan Jr. is kind of a dumb guy. His father gets married to woman. <laughs> God damn it. His father gets married to woman who is actually trying to get him for his money by taking over his stocks and then put his brake pad company out of business. When big time God damn it. When big Tom dies of a sudden stroke, it seems pretty good for Beverly and Tommy's brother. In quotes. But Tommy and his buddy Richard are going to set out to keep Callahan Auto Parts in business. No shit. It says, I have said too much. <laughs> wow. That's the end of that one. That was bad. That was bad. Well, first of all, <laughs> what, what was his name again? Justin Rhodes. Yeah, Justin, we don't appreciate your anti-Semitic uh, uh, handle. Yeah. And um, Well, it's joystick at Juno.com. Yeah, but like J-E-W-N-O, which is like no Jews. Yeah, that's a bad. That's, that's bad. Don't go to that website. Juno. Never heard of her. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank thank you, Justin. Yeah, I would thank, thank you. Him. I don't know. Bottom line, what happens? Tommy boy, he's an idiot. His dad owns a uh, brake company or a automotive part company in That's Sandusky, yeah. Ohio. Sandusky. Not to be confused with Jerry Sandusky. This is a city in Ohio. Jesus Christ! This this film could not have picked a worse fucking name for a fictional town. Yeah. Well, it's actually, a, I think Sandusky's it's a real place. A real okay, town. it's a real place. Yeah. Never mind. They're, not, they're off the hook. <laughs> I mean, Ohio is kind of a fictional state anyway, right? <laughs> Nobody goes there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go blue. I think Michigan beat them today, so fuck them. They did. Michigan's. Day? No, normal Michigan. Okay, normal Michigan. It was the game. <laughs> <laughs> no, normal Michigan. I don't know. The Wolverines. No, you're right. Yeah. Anyway, and then so uh, Tommy Boy, he graduates from college after seven years. His dad wants him to, you know, learn the business. His dad dies. He gets thrust in this position. He's got to go save the company with uh, Joe Dirt. Apparently, they give a lot fewer D pluses than D minuses. <laughs> it's not a grade they like to give out. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Another great line from this movie. It's great. There's so many lines. No, so we'll move on now to the Real Buzz Rundown, which is the portion of the podcast where Keenan and I will talk about what we liked or disliked. Basically, just you know, kind of uh, just slob over this movie. Yeah, get in, get into all the you know the Not good and slob. bad things about the. It's fine. Slob was fine. You know what I'm saying. I I knew what you meant. Salivate. Yes. So I'm going to start off by saying this is 100 percent my absolute favorite childhood film. Uh, I've seen it probably 10 times more than any other film I've ever watched. Really? Yes. Not, not even close. I probably, when watching it today, and I hadn't watched it in years, 
probably quoted like like with the movie like fifty six percent of it, like almost more yeah. than half. Uh, and it's it's just one of those movies that I don't want to say like defined like comedy for my childhood, but it kind of did. Like I watched yeah. it so many times, and in again, it also Chris Farley has like the John Belushi thing and the John Candy thing, where he only did such a finite amount of films. Where this one that even has that much bigger effect on me because yeah. he, you didn't get that much more of him. Uh huh. So this movie for me, I I saw Tommy Boy. I wanted or not Tommy Boy, Black Sheep at the drive-in or something. Yeah. Before I had ever seen Tommy Boy, didn't even really know Tommy Boy was a thing, and really didn't remember Black Sheep that much. But I remember thinking it was real funny. But then I never saw Tommy Boy until probably eighth grade or ninth grade. It was one of those movies for me that I kept. I wouldn't tell people I hadn't seen it yet, but I don't know why I just never seen it. And then once I saw it, you know, I kind of fell in love with it and saw it several times. But I hadn't seen this movie until I was probably 14 or 15 years old. No, I mean, that's I was probably 12, 12, yeah. 13 when I saw it for the first time. And it, this was the first, if at least of my generation, the first quotable movie that was released. Like, so this is like the next generation would have been like, uh, Will Ferrell, like Ricky Bobby, Anchorman, Ron Burgundy, that kind of thing. Like those are quotable movies. This was the first super quotable movie of my generation that I'd ever watched, which yeah. is why I know so many of the quotes. And um, also Chris Farley, his performance is so good. He's probably one of the best physical comedic actors I've hey, ever seen. I, I would think... And again, I know we had disagreements about the whole nine yards with Matthew Perry with his physical comedy performance. I, I think we can both agree here that the physical comedic performance here was unbeatable. It was the best yeah. I've ever seen. Well, the thing about Chris Farley is it just always feels so natural. And I think with Matthew Perry in that movie, at least a few times, it felt like he was kind of forcing it a little bit. And he was doing, hey, look at me. I'm doing my physical comedy thing with Chris Farley. It's like. He's just he's just doing it. I don't know it, the fat guy in a little coat thing and ripping it. It, it all just seems so natural. Even the I I have what doctors consider consider a bit of a weight problem. I better not. Yeah, and then he does the lodge right in this area, and that just I mean it would look weird for if I were to just start talking like that. But for Chris Farley, it just well, Keenan, I have a genius, a top that. five physical comedy comedic scenes. Oh, there you go. So here we go. So. Uh, first one, and this is, he does the least here, but with the most. So right when at the beginning, when he's about to take his exam and his professor looks at him and he just looks up like this and he looks like a big fat fucking idiot. Yeah. It's fantastic. And only Chris Farley could play that so perfectly where he's not even doing anything and he looks so fucking, it's so funny. There's so many moments like that. His subtleties. Yep. Falling on the table for being too fucked up when mm -hmm. he's with his frat brothers. Yeah. It's not over, man. Yeah. We're gonna, and then he just falls, and he yeah. commits the fall. Like it looks like he probably hurt himself with that fall. Yeah. Uh, when he's practicing kung fu moves on the factory line. Yeah, that's a good one. That's very good. Obviously, cow tipping scene. Yeah, I mean that's fantastic. And even when he's getting sprayed off by the water after the cow yeah. tipping, that's no. Great. I'll, I'll, I'll make that the same scene. Okay. Yeah. When he when he does the maniac song. Yeah. That's big. Uh, the killer bee police scene. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Best fantastic physical comedy. And then uh, the inflatable life jacket plane bathroom scene. I'll make that <laughs> as one. So when he gets the inflatable yeah. life jacket and, you know, has to puncture it with a, that old lady's pen. And, and then I laughed so hard. 
when he's in there trying to change during in the bathroom oh, yeah. because it's totally relatable. He's a massive human being. Oh yeah. I'm a pretty average size human being and I have a hard time doing anything in those plane bathrooms. And I've tried to change in an airplane bathroom. It's impossible. You're leaving from Kansas City in the winter when it's cold outside. You're wearing all your winter shit going to fucking Florida or something and uh, first world problems and you got to change you know in the bathroom real real relatable keenan it's real fucking hard to do it so i related to that scene so basically guys when keenan's just jet setting taking luxurious vacations well it's hard to change it might have got lost but i had a story about fucking flying first class miami bitches oh so it's getting oh even more relatable oh yeah okay oh yeah so, but no, basically, I think he's the best physical comedic actor, of, again, of my generation. Yeah, he was fantastic. I don't know. I can't name anyone better. And there were there were ones that I was thinking of that you didn't even say there, like some of the subtle stuff. Yeah, at please, the beginning, go when on. He's, when he's running across campus, just the way he runs is funny to begin with, but like he's trying to go through those hedges and <laughs> there's the fence on the other side. That was the first time rewatching this that I... I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited that we're doing this movie because I was gut laughing at that. It's just so good. He comes out from the other side. and I don't know. That's funny. And then he's still running and the two girls, he's walking by the girls and the way he's like stops and hey, how you doing? He's, he just slows down to make yeah. sure like he looks cool for the ladies. Yeah, yeah. He's just and he does it again later on with the. Uh, David Spade, like, don't do the gym. No, he goes, routine. Tommy's crammed. Don't give her the weight room thing. Yeah. Oh, which way the weight room? You know where the weight room is? Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah, I'll find it. And then even after, he's like, oh, idiot. Like, the, I don't know. He's just great. Everything. Best. I could gush about him throughout this whole movie. No, he's the best. Eating the M&Ms is fucking great. Everything he does is fantastic in this movie. Hey, what I say about eating in the car? Because it's bad because it'll ruin your dinner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it, as many I times. I hear you getting fatter. Ugh, I can actually hear you getting fat. I've said that before to people. It, no, we, I've said that about myself. In his too. defense, he was squirting ketchup, a ketchup packet into his mouth. Usually, it, it was disgusting. Yeah. Well, usually I make that joke about myself. If I'm no, like same, eating a burger, same. I'm like, oh, I can hear myself getting fatter. It's so true. But anyway, as many times as I've seen this film, and I, it's over a hundred, easily over a hundred. I just realized this time that Lauren Michaels was an EP on it. See, I I hadn't realized that before this, but I saw his name in the credits. I've been watching, reading credits a lot more than I did. I just don't think I did that when I was younger. I didn't yeah. give a fuck. I've been, I look for composers and shit now because you end up seeing the same fucking names pretty much every Dude, movie. Hans Zimmer has composed every movie ever. Yeah. And what's his name? Uh, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman. He's another one. There's, oh, fuck. There's another one, though. I don't, those were the I two know, I know of. What's his name just died? Uh, musical guy, Stephen Soundheim. Rest in peace to him. Oh, did, was that today? No, it was a couple days ago I saw it. Oh, is he the guy that. that did Sweeney Todd and stuff like that? Um, I, 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 I don't know. I know he's a he's a big, uh, a huge sure. player on the musical scene. I know that. Should make sure that that's the guy's name. But yes, yeah, one of the musical guys. Yeah, there was like a Soundheim and something. Yeah, they did. Uh, he had a partner. They they wrote a lot of major influential. Okay, it musicals. wasn't Stephen. Yep, it was November twenty sixth. Yeah, he just passed yeah, away. Well, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. You made, from what I understand, a lot of really great musicals. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Anyway. He didn't do the music in this movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he did not. Moving it. There's no good way to transition away from that. Uh, speaking of creating musicals, I working on a factory line looks to be monstrous and awful. Like, so monotonous. Just, what? I don't want to do it. Oh, it, it does look terrible. Like, having to stand in one place doing the exact same thing for dozens of hours straight. You couldn't pay me enough money to do it. And this movie does do a decent job of not making it look like the worst job, like the the threshold of hell. Well, I, I 
that's one thing that struck me about this movie watching it here in 2021 is you know it was made in almost 30 years ago now i guess 90 uh, came out in 95 so 95, yeah. yeah so nearing 30 years and uh all jokes aside about Ohio being a fictional state and shit like that, but they definitely lost this battle with their factories shutting down and town shutting down. It's like back in the nineties when this came out, I'm sure that was more of a hot button topic than it is now. But nowadays, a lot of those factories and towns did shut down. So this movie was probably hopeful in a sense for people back then because we outsourced all of that work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, everything at Ohio. Now the rust belt, I think there's a lot of depressed towns and stuff out there. So yeah, I'll be honest, man. It doesn't look like a great place to live, even when those factories are thriving. So when they're not, I'm sure. It, I mean, I don't yeah. want to be a dick, but Sandusky, Ohio looked like a shithole town. It's like that old lady said, once the factory shuts down, that's when all the whores move in. <laughs> I loved her. Yeah. I visited a prostitute one time during the war. Now I haven't heard the end of it. People laying down their trick money for the whores. Twenty dollars for the rent. <laughs> Maybe I'll spend it on the whore. <laughs> so good i like her idea yeah anyway so yeah uh, that was a little depressing about this movie because like while the overall message is good that you know he tricks a kind of strong arms Zelensky with the news to do the brake pads or whatever but it's like ah flash forward 26 years and it didn't really go that way no but well, you know right yeah it no it did not work out yeah they do a really great job of establishing Rob Lowe as an antagonist in like 11 seconds. Literally, the first 10 to 11 seconds of him being on screen, he punches a kid in the face and then throws an empty milk carton into a baby stroller. Yeah. I, Rob Lowe in the, like the 80s, you, 90s, I, I always love Rob Lowe, but I do like antagonist Rob Lowe a lot. Oh, he's the best. He cracks me he's up. He's way this better than Wayne's World. You yeah, know? Way better than St. Elmo's Fire Rob Lowe. Oh, yeah. Way better. And I really do like Parks and Rec, Rob Lowe, don't get me wrong, but bad boy Rob Lowe cracks me up because I can't take him real seriously just because now I know who Rob Lowe is. I don't know. Lone Star, 911, whatever the fuck I he's I literally on. can't stand Rob Lowe's character on Parks and Rec. You don't like it? Nope. Oh, I like it. Hold on, sorry. I'm back. My back book's about to die. I forgot to plug in the shit. Uh-oh. MacBook, don't you die. If you do, you know why I'd cry. Alright, Scott, calm down. <laughs> My MacBook died today. I lost files and podcast let's play. Alright. I can't believe I forgot to piece of shit i can't believe i forgot to put in the bring in the ac adapter all right <clears throat> where were we um uh, so we were talking about oh rob Lowe being a, a total antagonist yeah. i do i do prefer rob Lowe as an antagonist as, as opposed to like i said i literally can't stand his character on parks and rec it bothers the fuck no it bothers the fuck out of me there's a part in that where uh he's a he's podcast now called literally really yeah oh that definitely the whole literally thing i think people that even haven't watched parks do that but uh, there's a scene in it where they're at a picnic and Ron won't let him eat what? any food. A picnic? Oh, it's a, I her picnic. I'm like, what's a picnic? Hey, please go ahead. Uh, they're at like a cookout, a barbecue, and nobody will let him eat until Ron cooks the meat or whatever. But then Rob Lowe's character comes up. He's like, oh, I have some candy, guys. And oh, please give me candy. And he gives them raisins. They're like, what the fuck? Raisins? He's like, they're nature's candy. I don't know. That cracks me up, man. See, that that might be gay. Oh, whatever. I love raisins. <laughs> 
That's gross. Chocolate-covered um, raisins. I have problems with RT. It's weird that RT is, like, super fucking rude to the son of the owner of the company, who is also his boss, where it's like, hey, when he goes up to him, like, hey, oh, RT, the hey, RT, I think I know your problem here. You got Columbus as a one-day delivery, or a two-day delivery, into a one-day delivery. It's like, well, this is going to Columbus, Georgia, not Columbus, Ohio. You see these letters next to the city? That's called a state. And he's like a real dick to him. Again, that's his boss. That's also the son of the owner of the company you work for. Again, seems like a fireball offense. I don't understand how RT feels like he can talk to him like that. Yeah, and especially when Brian Dennehy doesn't seem to give a shit that his son's an idiot or anything. You know, like he doesn't seem to. Well, especially when I don't know if he doesn't know that he's an idiot. I think he knows. He's he obviously knows. a smart guy, you know, but. Uh, oh, I feel like wow. he wouldn't stand for that shit if he found out. No, but Tommy Boy's also, he, he's no snitch. He's not going to go rat RT out. No, but it's not like he's not a lovable idiot. No, like, that's true. Yeah, he's making a mistake, but the dude's been on the job for, I don't know, how long, a week or two? Like, give, give the fucking guy, all right, yes, yeah, so we made a mistake. Don't have to be told dick about it. But then he does get his revenge at the end when he when he tells RT he lost his virginity to his daughter. Yeah, so, there so you go. Maybe that whole thing, that whole scene was set up just so Tommy could be like, RT, I lost my virginity to your daughter. That's probably what it was, so he could get his revenge. Rhett, you were there. <laughs> uh, before we get too far from the beginning. Please go ahead. I just want to say, so as a, I, I, and not to sound douchey, which it's going to, but I, as a history major Too myself, late, too late. I got a degree in history from the prestigious Northwest Missouri State University. Uh, nowhere near as prestigious as Marquette. Marquette's very prestigious. He went to school. And the fact, even in the basic history class at Northwest, there was never a fill-in-the-blank where you just got to write somebody's first fucking name on a test. So I did have a problem with that, more so now than I ever did growing up, because I just have taken so many history exams. Yeah, but it makes the bit funnier. It makes the bit great. There's no bit without it. But I was just like, God damn, man. I should have gone to Marquette. Would have been way fucking easier. It says, so Blank Hancock <laughs> yeah. signed his name to the Constitution of the United States. Yeah. And Thomas Jefferson, something, something, and then Blank Hancock. And, and, just but like, the, oh the best God. part is, like, uh, it's such an obvious answer. <laughs> yeah. And then you see Tommy go. <laughs> yeah. And, and he puts a, in Herbie. That's another great bit it's of hilarious. Chris Farley, because his face after it just, oh, yeah, He's I like, know. John Hancock, yeah. it's Herbie, who obviously is the rock singer, Herbie right. Hancock. Yeah. yeah, it's very But funny. anyway, so very I just funny. wanted to say that. that I did take a note about that. It's like, man, I, I had to take way harder tests. I do love the inappropriate drunken wedding video response. Oh, with the guy? So I'd like funny. to get a piece of that. You're one lucky man, Tom. <laughs> Boy, would I like to... Get some of that. It's yeah. like, holy, good Lord. Yeah, that is inappropriate to say, I don't care whose wedding you're at or how hot the bride is. You don't say that on the wedding tape, you know? No. Yeah. It, but the fact that he let his guard down, like he just let his inner monologue come out. And yeah. it's just like, wow, that is wildly inappropriate. That guy, I guess he's kind of that way, though, because the first time you see him, he's like, hey, what's up, Bill? Good to see you. He's like. Or how you been? He's like, ah, I've been good. Lost a kidney last April, but I still got the other but one. But I still have the other one. And I remember watching it. I was like, it's such a weird thing to say. It was last April. Why are you going around telling people that? Well, I don't know, because he just that's that's probably the last big thing that happened to him. Maybe when he lost that kidney, he lost his ability to have an inner monologue. So he's just got to say it all out loud. Uh, well, I mean, judging on what I know about what the kidney does, I'm not sure that that adds up, but I appreciate 
you I, know. Who knows, man? Have you ever lost a kidney? No, yeah. I have not. That's a good, you know what? That's a great point. I'm going to leave it to the doctors. All right, so we're going to move on to a segment where I have top five quotable scenes from the film. Go through the top five. Okay. I, I narrowed it down to five. Leading off, obviously leading off is the other guy's break pads monologue. Yeah. When, you know, when he's, you know, now dude happens and you're the other guy's break pads. Yeah. And, and he's jumping. doing, yeah. he lights the shit on I fire. I think that's the number one. Uh, second, we've got, I think, the shit-talking exchange between uh, Tommy Michelle and the kids who are on the shoreline. Yeah, that's While good. he's in the boat, that's a good one. Uh, he, he's, uh, hey, Dabo, you ain't moving! I really hate that she says the word spazoids. I, that was I, a 90s term, though. I know. I just, I, it's just, it's so 90s. You little spazoids! You I know better, where you live! You better pray to the god of skinny punks! <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh, third, we've got anytime Tommy messes up the T-bone steak butcher line. That's good. Anytime. So I'm yeah. just saying any, like cut all those scenes together. Anytime he does that, that's, that's a top. That's third cleanup. We've got fat guy in a little coat. Yeah. See, I think that's one. Mm, I don't think it's one. That's the one I've heard quoted more than any of the other ones that you've said. So I've got, far. I've got, a, I've got an everyday life. I've got a clean up in mind. And then fifth, I've got, and I, I do have an honorable mention. Fifth, I've got Tommy's monologue when he makes his first sale, the guarantee spiel. Yeah. Which is, it, it's uh, when he says like, hey, if you want me to take a dump at a box and mark it guaranteed, I will. I got spare time. It's fantastic. So I'll put that fifth. Honorable mention to when Tommy explains to the waitress Helen why he sucks as a salesman. Yeah, that's good. Which is essentially a recreation of the other guy's break pass monologue, but it's still gold. Yeah. Fun fact about that, the waitress was originally in that scene supposed to be played by Roseanne Barr. Really? She was, uh, which makes sense. The woman gave me big Roseanne Barr vibes. Yeah, I could see that. That being said, I don't think Roseanne would have done better. The girl who played Helen was perfect. She did a fantastic job. I mean, yeah, I mean, she didn't have much to do. <laughs> no, are you kidding me? She just kind of stands there. No, she... Hey, you know, I'll go turn the fryers on for you. God, you're sick. No, think about the exchange she has immediately. She's like, hey... Kitchen's closed. All we all we have is uh, cold stuff and desserts. Like, are you sure? Can you check to see if the kitchen's closed? She goes, "Let me check." Yep, it's closed. Very yeah, I mean, dry. She does a great job. Yeah, I think Ro Roseanne would have done just as good. I think Roseanne could have done better. She would have been more. No, I Helm think she would have done better. You're wrong. You're 100 percent wrong. Okay, that's that's good. Um, so that's th those are the the top five most quotable moments in the movie, in my opinion. I didn't know we were doing that, but I, I think the fat guy in a little coat would probably be one. I think the, uh, I think the room service one. We want me to jerk you off. That one's good. I think that's good. That I hear good. that a lot. Yeah. No, I like that. That's good. You know, there's just so many from this movie, though. It's hard. It's quotes. hard to break down five. Yeah, it's hard to do it. A lot of good stuff. So I know this is kind of the basis of the entire plot of the film, but Tommy is an absolute fucking moron for. Like leveraging his inheritance for collateral for a loan to keep this factory alive. It's, I mean, I, I get it. He's like an everyman and he wants to have everyone keep their jobs and shit. But like, I can't say I would do the same thing in his position. I'd be like, sell that motherfucker, man. Yeah. I'm not as good a person. Yeah. He's doing it for his dad. But yeah, but the problem is he's also a complete fucking moron. Like in real life, he never would have, he never would have been able to make this whole thing work, right? Right? Ah. If all he had to do was do some sales, I think I think he could have. I mean, technically he did. But exactly. The way he did it. 
I don't think this movie is very believable. No, of course overall, not. But, of course you know. not. Is the is this the movie where the genesis of the stepmommy sister son brother Pornhub movement with Rob Lowe? I mean, my God, yeah, it's it dates back to the '90s. It turns out it does. It I turns can't blame it on Game of Thrones, but it keeps going back. This is not a new concept. Yeah, no. And Rob Lowe really sells that bad mommy line. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, you're just like with wow. With Derek, where she's like, it kind of creeps me out, bro. It's like I'm not sure if I'm more horrified or turned on. I'm trying to figure it out. I think I'm. It's fifty she was more horrified. I no, think. I'm talking about me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm more horrified or turned on. Like I'm fifty one percent one way, and I'm not sure which way it is. I I would lean towards horrified. I don't know. I maybe. But you've seen so many, you know, stepmom porns now. Are you kidding me, man? That's all there do? is on porn. Uh, yeah, that's all I, you got. That's all there is. I do like the irony of their brake pads not being able to stop in time for the deer. It's not lost on me. Well, see, that's the thing that I wondered is, did it stop in time? Because it's like the deer just had a heart attack or something because their car wasn't mm. fucked up from hitting Definitely the deer. Hit you know? the deer. I know, but I was looking for like blood. It didn't. I don't know. I was wondering that this time. Also, why would they why would you ever load up a deer into that's, your Pontiac yeah, exactly. GTX, your classic Pontiac GTX? You can't just leave it here. <laughs> Oh, that's the fucking line I always hear. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. Yeah, that's a big one. I hear that all the fucking time. <laughs> what are we gonna do? We can't just leave it here. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to just write down quotes because I would have been writing down this entire fucking script. That's what I'm saying. So you got, but it's not just one quote. It's like a scene. It's yeah, got to be a, a scene that's stuff. quotable. Because one-liners, they're all over the place. They're all over the place. Uh, obviously, his insurance is never gonna cover. Deer destruction. Yeah, no. that's not happening. That car is fucked. Well, well, by the end, when he's uh, waxing off and you know polishing the tarp that they have, that's yeah. kind of funny. It does funny. Yeah. It's, it's good pit. Why is Richard complaining about someone deveining the shrimp? That that always bothers me. It's like why do they always deterred these things? Would he just prefer them to have the shit in there so he can eat it? I don't get no, it. I think he's. I think he was pissed that they didn't devein. No, no, no. He's he, like, why do you, we always have to devein these? Yeah, and then, these. and then he showed him one that was split open and devein. He goes, oh, this is one caught right after oh, Thanksgiving. It's got black in it. I think you're reading that entirely mm, wrong. I don't know. I think I think it's... Why, they, why would he say this is like Thanksgiving dinner? Because he's saying there's all the shit in it. I don't, but I've seen it so many times. I really think it's split wide open. I think they right, he, but they the did still in there. Is it? I don't yeah, know. All right, I think I'll, so. I'll have to. I'll have to do yeah. some research. Because I, I think it wouldn't make sense of the way that you're talking. Right. About that's it. what I'm. That's the whole time. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Well, I'll go back and watch it. We'll see. Well. Uh, we can also say this movie should be nominated for maybe best soundtrack of the '90s. A lot of good tunes in here, man. Yeah. And it, it also makes it better because you get to see Richard and Tommy singing them together most of the time, which makes it way more fun. Yeah. It, it makes it, it adds that road trip feel. It does. It gives a nice yeah. a road movie feel. Yeah. Absolutely. And also very funny when they, they go through that scene where they're like, you know, no, that song sucks. No, that song sucks. And then the Carpenters come on. They're both like, yeah, I don't like it. Well, you know, I can live with it if you can. Yeah. And they and both, they're both singing. singing It's it. very emotional yeah. song. It's very funny. Uh, last thing I have is do Ray and Beverly make it for the long haul? Ray Zelensky? I, I thought it was weird that he's like, okay, well, I know that you're a con artist that just tried to fuck over uh, Tom Sr., but you know what? Just come hang out with me now because you're hot. Yeah, he did just get the lowdown on her criminal history, and he's yeah. like, hey, all this excitement's got me hungry. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a questionable move. I don't think they make it for the long haul, no. No, I don't. Uh, no, I don't either. I think she's uh, what Kanye West would 
would refer to as a gold digger. Yes. I know. Here's what I think happens. Hear me out. I do think Ray and Beverly get married, and I do think Beverly divorces him and takes half of what he has. There you go. I do think that happens. I could see Ray not being a punk, though, and hollering, we want prenup. We want prenup. No, yeah. see? He just asked her out for lunch right after her criminal history was brought out to But No way, dude. It's something that you need to have. No, he's, uh, what's it called when he's blinded by the pussy? What, you know? Whipped? No, no, no. Like, just. It's Bo he's Derek. Love struck. No, that's not he's the word love I would goggles. use. No, you know, he's, blind, he's putting the pussy on a pedestal. He's blind by the pussy. Right. They get married, and and then she takes him, or I don't know, maybe they love. It's it's weird. They're both strange enough individuals to where I might see where they just kind of work. I yeah, don't know. it could just work out, you know. Yeah, maybe they're just because maybe Bo's like, yeah, you know, I got more money staying with him, and he's kind of a weird dude that I get along with. Why not? Yeah, it's Chicago, not Sandusky, Ohio. You know. Yeah, it's Chicago. Exactly. I'd rather it's be Chicago. In Chicago. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh it's an unanswerable question. I would say. Yeah. All right. Do you know what time it is? Oh, sorry, Keenan. Do you have anything else? Nope. Okay. Do you know what time it is? It's time for Tipsy Trivia. There's a fart. All right. This is the portion of the podcast where we have five trivia-based questions from the film. If Keenan gets three correct, uh, I have to shotgun and he doesn't. If he gets less than three correct, he has to shotgun and I don't. But... Inevitably, we will both end up shotgunning because it's that kind of show. Number one. Number one. True or false? Rob Lowe is uncredited in this film. False? It's true. Really? Due to his contractual obligations to the Stephen King TV series, The Stand, he couldn't receive credit and took the part as a favor to his friend Chris Farley. Huh. I didn't, sure. I didn't pay attention to the credits. I don't know if he even got paid. Good for him. Yeah. All right. Number two. True number or false? Five. Both Spade and Farley ended up dating the naked girl by the pool. <laughs> true? It is true. All right. This caused tension between them when they were filming Black Sheep. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, we already kind of talked on it, but uh, David Spade, a little creepy for uh, jerking off at the hotel window there. Yeah, but it wasn't him. It was his character. Yeah, but either way. Either way. No, not either way. Richard, kind of creepy for jerking off by the hotel Michael window Michael Fessbender there. played a slave owner in 12 Years a Slave. You're not like, that I'm, guy was a real piece of shit. No, I'm it's sa- his character. I... I you talked to, I said Richard's a real piece of shit. For oh, you. sorry. Yeah. I thought you said Spade. My bad. Well, no. After I said Spade and you said that, I said, all right. Well, either way, Richard's a piece of shit for saying my thing. Dick, Dick. Oh, hold on. Hold Dick, on. Yeah. Is Richard Dickie Roberts? Maybe. No, because he wasn't a childhood star. Okay. <laughs> Number three. Which SNL actor was originally supposed to play Richard opposite of Farley? Oh. Was it A, Adam Sandler? B, David Spade? C, Phil Hartman, or D, Kevin Nealon? I see what you did there. Dude, I'm going to say B, David Spade. You're wrong. I'll give you another shot. Uh, Adam Sandler, Phil Hartman, Kevin Nealon. Adam Sandler, then. It was Adam Sandler. Okay. Adam Sandler was supposed to originally play Richard in this film. He was already scheduled to start filming Billy Madison. Spade was chosen. Fun fact, Christian Slater was also considered for the role before Spade got it. Huh. Okay. Would have been a different movie with Slater. I wonder what that does for David Spade's career if he doesn't get this movie, you know? It's a great question. Yeah. Probably, a, I mean, this is... And he probably uh, yeah. doesn't get Black Sheep or maybe Christian Slater's Joe Dirt in a different world. That's not a world I want to live in. Yeah, it's a weird universe. It's not a world I want to live in. All right, number four. Over under nine and a half times, how many times did Tommy use the phrase son of a? Oh, shit. 
Uh, well, there's the time. There's one, two. No, I, uh, over. Over ten times. All right. All ten, right. Son of a ten, ten, yeah. ten. Son of us. He does that a lot of times. He does. That's kind of a Chris Farley uh, catchphrase. I, doesn't he do it in other movies? I don't think SNL? so. Oh, maybe I don't not. think so. I think that was a Tommy Boy thing. Okay. All right, number five. Boom. True or false? This film is one of Roger Ebert's most hated movies. Oh shit. Uh, true. It is true. Robert got this wrong. Ebert was wrong on this one. It's literally on his most hated movies list. Really? I don't get it. Yeah, what a douche. I could see, like, maybe he panned it, like, oh, it's not for me. I could see why some people would like it. But he literally was like, no, this is terrible. One of my most hated movies. The low point of cinema, huh? I guess, man. Uh, I, I always said Siskel and Ebert, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Mm, I see Exactly. So when we talk about, I try to take... <sighs> I don't know. Like I combine all of them and try to get one score. So I'll look at the IMDb score. I'll look at the. I don't look at the the critics on Rotten Tomatoes. I always look at the the audience because I trust them more. And then, oh, what's the third one? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, and uh, I don't know. Nah, real Buzz ranking, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Critics, audience. There's two on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I don't. So I do kind of. All right. So I take some credence to what the critics say, but it's I don't like if the critics don't like it. I'm like, oh, it's not good. Yeah. 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 Which. All right. Drinking buddies. This is the portion of the podcast where we choose a character, not an actor, but a character from the film that we would get irresponsibly shit faced, fucked up, drunk, shy vote, if you will. And I will with Keenan. Who's your drinking buddy? I mean. Can I just say Tommy Boy? Of course, of course yeah, you can. Yeah, I'm just going to say Tommy Boy. I said that the only choice here is Tommy, and I did add one caveat, and his college buddies. Yeah, see, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. If you weren't going to let me say Tommy, I was going to say I'd hang out with the college boys then. Am I completely wasted, or is Tommy bloated? <laughs> yeah, you know, the camera adds a couple hundred pounds. All right, now. Yeah, that's good. They seem like a good time. It's the only choice. The rugby guys. It's the only choice. All right, Rotten Tomatoes over under. I will set the critics at a 60% on this film. Oh, well, based on the thing with the Ebert, I'll say under, I guess. It is under. Really? 42%. 42%. 42. Huh? Seems wrong. Damn. Audience, I will set it at a 92%. Over. It's a 90. Okay. Well, Pretty either good. way, they got it closer than the, audi or the critics did. IMDb is a? I don't know. I didn't look. 7.1. Uh, 7.1. Okay. Interesting. I think, as an audience, I would give it a 9. I think 90 is fair. Yeah. 42 is not. That's yeah. just wrong. Yeah. And again, I don't know, like, you know, movies kind of is ridiculous. Well, movies kind of change over time, right? Like when they're released uh, to, you know, you can develop a cult following. And then I would say there's a lot of movies that when initially were released and you watch 10 years later, you'd have a different take on. That's fair. That's fair. I feel like a lot of the jokes in this movie, though, are almost timeless. Like, yeah. uh it's not topical shit, really, you know, no. um, or things that rely on payphones to make it funny or anything like that. It's all it's just a funny fucking movie. But that's also what makes this movie great is yeah. it's comedy, but there's no there's no slant to it. It's, yeah, it's not comedy. It's, it's just not, pure comedy. Yeah, there's no political satire. There's nothing saying like, hey, I have a take on something here. Right. This is just pure comedy that everyone from any walk of life can enjoy. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's a great movie. And it's... Unless and you, you're a movie critic, apparently. Yeah, fuck those people. <laughs> but, but you don't see that anymore, man. Yeah. Everything has to have a has to be saying something now. So yeah. this is one of those movies that anyone from any walk of life, any age can enjoy. It's wonderful. I highly recommend it. Keenan, would you? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll give it a four and a half out of five beers. Give All right, you give it four and a half out of five? I could just give it five. I gave it five. Yeah, I, I mean... I gave it five out of five beers. I had, I'll... 
I'll save five out of five just to be a snobbish douche and say that I'll never give anything a five out of five, but I'll give it four, four and a half. Now, I get five out of five, and I think that extra half a beer does come from the fact that it, it's um, it's something that's, you know, I grew up with. Yeah, you've seen it a yeah, thousand it's, it's times. It's nostalgic for me. Yeah. It's very funny. It's yeah, very it's, good. It's, it's very good. Yeah. And I was thinking, I thought, I'm not sure we could have done this movie, and I think we did it well. Yeah. I, I mean, it's... It could have turned into just a quote fest. but Which I did not want, which yeah. is why I just dedicated, like, all right, here's what's yeah. quotable. We're not going to do it. We're just going to say these are the quotable scenes. There's a lot of good parts of this movie. Yeah. Chris Farley, great. David Spade, great. David Spade being drunk is great. I just puked on an anthill. That's funny as I'm shit. I'm so sad. God damn it. That's such a good scene we didn't talk <laughs> yeah. about, too. Oh, that's so good. Like, well, you kind, you kind of talked about the, uh, when the bees. The bees. Yeah. yeah, but that's funny as shit, too. The cops being like, I'm allergic to bees. Me, too. We'll come back and check on you later. I mean, that's great shit. Richards goes, oh, I puked on an anthill. <laughs> yeah. I think they're pissed. <laughs> yeah, cool. So <laughs> Holy shnikes. I can't believe that worked. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. All right. Great well, movie. I think that does it for episode 107 of Real Buzz Takes. We are the Real Buzz 2. Keenan, take us out. Uh, housekeeping, want me to jerk you off? We are the Real Buzz crew, and we review the best of the worst for you. This concludes our broadcast day. Spanky. Oh, thank you.